Welcome to Dark Days Radio presents Dark Hammer, a Worlds of Warhammer podcast, looking at the Warhammer RPGs for Age of Sigmar, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, and of course, Warhammer 40,000. I'm one of the regular hosts, Chris, and again, I'm joined by Mike. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Hey, it's going great. Yeah, really excited for a Dark Hammer episode today. We're going to be talking some more about Chaos Gods, and today it's Nurgle. So uh, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, Good but old Chris, before happy. we, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Before we get into the um, the epicness of another one of the chaos uh, gods in the Warhammer universes, uh, let's talk about uh, a little game update. Chris, what have you been doing for gaming lately or construction? Uh, absolute fuck all. <laughs> I've done no, no gaming. No, I think since last time. Um, let's be fair. I think maybe. I mean, if I look at what's on my painting table, let's do that first. I've got my. Orlock Outriders, you know, on their little quads I need to finish painting. Oh, yeah. And I've got partly painted uh, my, um, my what are they called? Uh, Sig- uh, it's not even Warhammer base. It's my Signar Warjack battle group. They're looking pretty good. Oh. It's all contrast paints and, you know, contrast paints for the metal to do the metal shading. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's quite quaint being back pain- painting those. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. But that's basically it, because my kitchen has been ripped out and is going to be reinstalled uh, as of Monday, uh, meaning that will be my hobby. My wargaming table will be back in there once everything's nice and sorted, but it'll be in a nice, nice. clean, clean, well-lit kitchen, <laughs> which is, <laughs> it might make it really good for um, some streamed games of something in future, because it'll look such a, it'll be such a nice... Uh, I've already spoken to Rob about this. It'd be kind of nice, like this kind of like I don't know coffee and gaming kind of vibe, you know, rather than this like ridiculous uh-huh. setup that people have. Just have it like it almost uh, how people actually game. <gasps> you know, that would be shocking. Um, yeah. But that's about it. Um, how about yourself? Are you up to anything interesting game wise? Uh, not so much for uh, for like Warhammer and miniature stuff. Um, haven't done any war gaming lately, but uh, I was playing this game called Hearts of Iron Four, and there's a reunification wars mod. Uh, it's very early beta, but it's set in uh, you know kind of the precursor to the Horus Heresy, and it's pretty uh... interesting, pretty fun. And I uh, rolled up a uh, a Nurgle nation to try to play as, and uh, it didn't go so well once I turned to chaos. Um, the mechanics are pretty brutal, so. I'm trying to talk to the devs about that a little bit, see if they can uh, readjust things. But uh, it was still pretty interesting. And um, I didn't make it quite towards where the Emperor was in the Himalayas, but uh, I was getting close before things rem- went south. That reminds me, because now I've got my new streaming gaming, you know, kind of yeah productivity PC. I really need to install on their um, uh, Total War Warhammer. And actually, yeah, then buy the buy the the new ones because it is enjoyable. I mean, I don't know how e- how easy is it to play that like you know online with a group of players. Like, I mean, it kind of means you're going to have to like meet up to run the battles unless you allow the computer to auto simulate mm-hmm. the conflicts. Yeah, I think I think everyone's supposed to be there. I've never tried to do multiplayer, but if everyone is sitting there going through the game, it has a lot of downtime. It, yeah. uh, it could definitely take a while. So you need to block out a lot of time or multiple sessions to get through a campaign. But it's, I mean, it seems pretty awesome. I mean, the other thing we could always look at 
as as well is um, Chaos in the Old World uh, through uh, mm. Simulator. That would be fun. Yeah, that would yeah, be game's awesome. And, and really in keeping with the theme of these last couple Dark Hammer episodes. Oh, yeah, so course. that'd be awesome to, uh, to do on Twitch sometime. Yeah, let's look into it. But uh, uh, yeah. I, think, I think that's it for a game update, right? So let's go on to some gaming news because there's been a lot of epic stuff. Yeah, there's been a lot of stuff out so let's go through kind of keep with um the uh cubicle 7 releases um and i'm just gonna look it up so i can actually read the full spiel of um the latest releases because one of them i've not read yet um uh that's out i have i've i've bought it and downloaded it i'm just not (laughs) had the time to read it it's really bad Mm -hmm. uh anyway so sea of claws is out for warhammer fantasy roleplay so I'll read the um, the synopsis that's on the uh, Cubicle 7 website, which is, To the north lies the bitterly cold and tempestuous Sea of Claws. The sea separates the Empire from the lands of Norska, where marauder tribes beseech the forces of chaos, on topic, for glory and power, and vast monsters make their lairs in the fjords. Uh, the coastal provinces of the Empire, desperate to escape the stranglehold of Marienburg, scrambled to construct mighty navies and sea defences. Sailors, explorers, pirates and wreckers all rubbed their hands in thought of the wealth to be won. But whilst a life on the ocean waves can reap great rewards, the risks are greater still. So basically, this is our pirate book for uh, Warhammer. Yeah. Um, it... It's going to give us a look at uh, the coasts of the Sea of Claws, the marches of Caron. So that must be north of, um, that's the northern coastline of of Bretonia. Uh, The blighted shores of the Troll Country and the frozen territory of the Bjornlings. A guide to manning an ocean-going vessel, ship-to-ship combat and the approach to trade. Uh, Bestry of sea creatures and from the diminutive uh, Gim Crab to the colossal black leviathan is the gim crab you know kind of like a uh, uh a call to the age of sigma crab creature that's in uh, underworld it might be in that's um cool. in the old man of war game there was a whole bunch of like sea creatures that uh yeah. you could deal with and um there's also a pretty cool man of war video game uh where mm. you can be attacked by a giant shark like a megalodon and other things which is pretty neat but uh this book sounds awesome you know it's it's yeah, pirates versus vikings there's so. even more there's seafar there's a new seafarer class so there's like more careers uh for that rules for events endeavors mostly like how to deal with long sea journeys so again random tables to generate loot and treasure and Mm-hmm. locations information on the cult of manan and the worship of stromfels so that's interesting some more gods that we can look at and yep. famed seafarers such as the arch sea lord vrisk iron scratch uh, wulfric the wanderer yago roth and Longdrong provide profiles of these great sea so we've got profiles of those captains and how they might influence adventures you know what this just sounds like um we need to do a one shot of piracy on the highway on the high seas with uh warhammer fantasy roleplay that would be a fun stream game totally i'm in just you know you're the crew go find some treasure or go yeah yeah something remember 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 orcs on tour just use that yeah, kind of random just uh, that. randomization just that kind thing of fun. yep yeah um the other big thing did we, i don't know if we mentioned it last time did we mention imperium maledictum i can't remember we did anyway. not we did not. I don't know what this no. is, but based on the description right here, I'm incredibly excited. Okay, so 
Imperium Maledictum is a percentile system, so what? So it's derived from current Warhammer Fantasy roleplay. Forty uh, k. It's a Warhammer forty thousand RPG using the Warhammer Fantasy roleplay fourth edition system as its as its basis, as its starting point. So it is essentially looking at low level characters and when i say low level characters so what we would consider are tier one type characters in wrath and glory and that is essentially what you'll be playing so this is really the modern equivalent to dark heresy because you're not yeah. going to play space marines using this system because when you get to those upper echelons of of ability and power and weaponry you know the system we it's always been acknowledged creaks and it do, it just doesn't flow as it should do and also um when you get to that kind of level of combat that amount of combat again the system isn't rapid enough compared to wrath and glory so this game is much more intrigue uh focused and i don't think that's a bad thing i think actually acknowledging that two systems deal with different aspects of the 40,000 universe better you know, is a, is a is a perfectly fine thing i still think wrath and glory you could so i would still say if you want to do intrigue and that type of thing with wrath and glory you can still do that but that's a toolkit which allows you to go you've got your intrigue and then suddenly it spirals off into high octane adventure you know necromunda levels of of violence going on but i think imperium maledictum is really the system I would perhaps reach to if I wanted to replicate the Warhammer TV series um, Interrogator that's currently on Warhammer TV um, and is fantastic to watch. So this is great and the artwork already looks fantastic. Yeah. It's the same artists that we've seen work on Wrath and Glory. So yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because when we see a lot of these game systems that end up having two systems, usually... Um, one version is just like the simplified system, basically. That's what we saw with Exalted Essence. That's what we've seen yeah. with Shadowrun Anarchy. Or in the case of Legend of the Five Rings, it has its unique system with the custom dice, but also they just did a five, a fifth edition version, right? Yeah. 5e. There's always a 5e um, version somewhere. Right. But seeing Cubicle 7 put out a version of this which uses more of a fancy roleplay fourth edition and also calls back to again the the fancy flight and i guess green ronin era of warhammer roleplay or before the thousand roleplay i think that's a great decision and i think it's going to get a lot of people really excited about this and i'm sure yeah. eventually someone's going to make a mod for uh or or some uh some hack to have space marines in uh imperium maledictum but uh yeah but I yeah think so if you want that it's... someone's going to make it don't worry Again, it's about. Uh, I think it's, it comes back to the thing of like I. I think I'm very much a, a system. System matters as to how the mm. game feels and and operates and how that relates to the tone. So yeah, it'll be good. Um, then the thing that I'm obviously I'm, I am I cannot wait for it to be out uh, is the Ulfenkarn uh, City at the Edge of Death that is for Soulbound. Uh, so this is the city book setting book for um for for age of sigma soulbound which is set in ulfenkarn which is, of course is the the uh the the city for the setting of warhammer quest cursed city so it means there's vampires there's undead uh we're going to find out all about that and all about um 
the various cursed people that live there, uh, like the Vicross, which is the main bloodline of vampires there. And the artwork's really interesting that they've uh, showcased for this. Um, we've got artwork of an elven, ex elven exile, a, the, a last scion, so a human from the city, uh, like a noble, and a Shaitian scholar. And what's interesting about this artwork is they are gender-flipped versions of the of the signature characters that you play as in Curse City. So the Elven Exile is male when the um the, the Elven Exile that you that you have in the game is a female character. Same with the Last Scion. This is a female interpretation, whereas the the model we have is male. And the same with the Shaishin Scholar. The what the artwork is that we've been shown is female, whereas the one we have in the game is a male. Uh, it's like some old dude basically. So I think that's a really good touch from um, Cubicle 7 on the artwork there. Cool. Uh, and yeah, mean more archetypes for uh, Soulbound, you know, playing like vampire hunters and so forth. Uh, and just more stuff to do with the Realm of Death. There's That's just going to be great. Um, and especially because there's an expansion set coming out for Curse City now. So that's been previewed. Uh, which has no miniatures in it. And I know this has caused a bit of a fuss with some people, but given how much, how many miniatures are out for the Soul Blight range in Age of Sigmar, the idea that, oh, if you buy a set, you're going to get duplicates of models you potentially have already. I think just giving the rule, you know, having the set of card and the rules, and then you get the miniatures you need for it if you need to get them is a much better. Um, approach because i think with um blackstone fortress some of the sets like the one which had the the nurgle marine marines in it and the um pox walkers people didn't really like that set so like oh yeah you can get those miniatures 10 a penny or we've already got them from like a 40k starter mm -hmm. set so i think gw has learned from that mistake uh yeah yeah I mean, uh, I have so many miniatures I can proxy yeah. that I'm not yeah. too worried about it. But uh, yeah. yeah, I can't understand people wishing that there was like some new, cool, unique miniatures that were in here uh, or something like that. But I, I think that if, you know, the price is right on this, um, I think it'd be a pretty cool Curse City expansion. I'm excited. I mean, it. it's it's interesting because also that leads to the issue that some people have with the the, the sets that come in, the, in Warhammer Quest is that the miniatures are like, kind of locked within that game so you can't get them anywhere else so yeah and we're going to get onto this when we talk about kill team in a second so um also out for coming up for soulbound is era of the beast which gives us new archetypes uh and more information about basically what the mortal realms are like in the era of the beast and you know kragnos and so we get all of that information reframed for the rpg so that's cool so for example there's night relictors there's mulusai uh, so they're the um uh gorgon-esque you know medusa-esque uh daughters of cain uh warriors that you can now play as which is going to be horrific um and also playable dragons are going to be uh in in there so you can play as a, a dragoneth which is interesting um playable dragons perfect just what soulbound needs just well, soulbound's ridiculous in its rule systems it anyway like it it, you're playing epic level characters uh blackened earth is also coming up that's a adventure a series of adventures set around gray water fastness that's also in the realm of life so we're really getting quite a lot of books now that are exploring 
lots of different places now within Age of Sigmar because we've got this Grey Water Fastness is Realm of Life, um, Ulfenkarn is Realm of Death, uh, Era of the Beast is and Excelsis is a city, so that's all to do with um, uh, the Realm of Beasts. So we're really getting a bit of a tour around the Mortal Realms mm-hmm. finally. And then miniatures wise, things are interesting. Kill Team is just releasing like some sort of like annual, which means they're also releasing the Aleutian Star Striders and the Galapox finally, like as separate releases and giving us rules for those uh, in that annual. So yeah, um, about bloody time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Chris, you pointed out that the, uh, the Star Striders who are rogue traders uh, yes. in 40k, they will pair very nicely with the new Imperial Navy breach team, also yes. a kill team. And then you get those guys, maybe like an, an Argus lander or something like that. And you've got a cool little Warhammer 40,000 force, which yeah, I'm tempted. I'm tempted. It, it's I shouldn't cool, do it, the though. Pro- the problem I'm going to say is, let me just check which one is it. It's book. I think it's book two. I think it's Octorius book two. So um, the book to get the Aleutian Star Striders in, uh, or at least the Rogue Trader rule for, uh, for, for 40k, they're detailed in the Warzone Octarius book two called Critical Mass. The problem is, the problem is, you can't take a. It's pretty hard to field a a vanguard force or even any force like uh, in the way you would want to. You can't really field a total, a fully just rogue trader force, mm-hmm. yeah. which is really annoying. Um, for whatever reason, I can't remember. It's been a while since I looked at it. So you can have crusade armies and them as it's something like you can't. You can have a raid trader lead an army, but you can't take voidsman crew as a troops option in a in your main um, battalion or whatever the hell it's called. You know, in the force organization chart, it's hmm. really it's not great. So I'm, I really hope with the new kill team stuff coming out with the uh, the breaches they might look at this and reassess that. I mean, honestly, uh, just forget point systems and whether it's legal or not and do narrative and just go, look, I've got a rogue trader army. Right, right. Just do that. It's fun. It'll be fun. Yep, that's what I want cares. to do, but uh, yeah. It's, like, it's I've interesting. I've got rogue traders for exactly that reason. I've got um, star striders and, you know, you can add on, if you've got Blackstone Fortress, you can add on a few characters from that to be to make your rogue trader away team really um eclectic <laughs> right yeah yeah definitely yeah there's some some cool options but uh yeah we'll see what happens um you know i mean i think temporarily you could just use like imperial guardsmen as the uh as your yeah. troops choice or something just mod them up That's what um, i would do. convert them to be uh uh like have gas masks on or environment eva suits something like that yeah but exactly. um yeah, moving on to uh, Age of Sigmar, uh, that new Bellacor's champion, the Eternus model, is very interesting. Yeah. They're actually throwback to the uh, original Age of Sigmar uh, starter set. So that's pretty neat. He's a kind of chaosified version of, um, I think the character's name was Hammerhand, if I yes. remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's there's pretty something neat. weird going on where I think with the the, the storm that Bellacor like, unleashed, um, that that was preventing Stormcast returning when they die. I think there's something weird to do with like how he's basically siphoning away those souls and essentially, I guess, reforging them in his own way into these um, 
corrupted entities. Uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Also, Bellacor's got his own um, uh, warband uh, for mm-hmm. Warcry. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what they're called. They look really different to regular um, slaves, to, uh, you know, slaves to darkness and you know, chaos warriors. So that's all good. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, of course, good stuff. we've got more Votan. We've seen lots and yeah. lots of the uh, Votan are squats, um, more vehicles, more troops. Some of the stuff I like. Some of the, some other little bits like the floating robots. I'm not so keen on, but I think again, it's just a a new faction they're quite interesting i know some people like them some people dislike them for the look of them but that's always going to happen um yeah i think a lot of it comes down to the uh, paint scheme because they gave him this kind of sleek white kind of apple brutalism but um if you go with a different darker paint scheme or maybe something a bit grungier like they've been mining or uh in in some kind of dirty environments uh, maybe some Martian dust like the uh, the Skatari have. I think they'll look pretty great. So I think once they're uh, they're out and totally available, people are going to be pretty excited about it. Yeah, and I think that's really all the releases of that have been uh, worth highlighting. Um, so we can go on to the main topic, which is Nurgle. Right, uh, Nurgle, um, the, uh, the the chaos god of decay and despair and really all horrible things to do with rotting and illness and uh, yeah, it's he's an interesting chaos god. So we're not going to cover the origins in Warhammer and Age of Sigmar because essentially they're the same as what we've covered already for Corn, you know essentially chaos is this primeval force that was unleashed on the old world through the chaos gates and then later on in age of sigmar of course the chaos gods return and take over the the all points uh and turn it into in and you know rate turn it into a part of the realm of chaos uh but to begin and and talk about where Nurgle kind of awakens within the 40k universe, uh, we kind of need to think about what Nurgle is and what it what that god kind of represents. So, of the four chaos gods, of the four re- ruinous powers, Nurgle is in fact the third to have awakened in the 40k universe. So that gives you an idea of where Nurgle's power kind of kind of lies. Nurgle is. Uh, often looking at the long game and the power kind of waxes and wanes as you as with illness you know sweeps through the lands of whichever realms uh, the god is trying to influence and Nurgle's interesting to compare and think about why Nurgle exists because Nurgle the, the chaotic element of Nur- of of what, why Nurgle exists is it's about the despair related to death it's the and the the rampant corruption that occurs due to life growing and mutating and rotting and decaying that is things that humans can't have trouble kind of and mortals have trouble kind of comprehending so that puts mm-hmm. nurgle in a position that's quite different to nagash and more and other gods of death within the 40k universe who are where death is part of the cycle but it's a very it's a process that that is meant to occur, and in its allotted time, 
Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting. Um, we'll get into some more comparisons later, but, you know, Nurgle being the opposite of the Chaos God Zinch, um, Nurgle isn't actually stasis. You know, he is in a cycle. However, it's it's confined in that way. You know, it is a a a a confined cycle as opposed to the more uh, constant change of Zinch, which I think is kind yeah. of interesting because some people think that it's about stasis, but it's really not. And also, yes, quite different than Nagash. Oh yeah, very different. So yeah, Nurgle, Nurgle then also it's important to point out is not just about uh, death, but it is also about life, and that's it's. I think it's where those two things meet and it's the bit in between which is where Nurgle really flourishes which is when life and death meet and creates that kind of horrible thing in between which is that that decay, that slow march from one end to the other and also the weird way that life blooms out of of the rot and I guess... (sighs) In that respect, it makes Nurgle... Nurgle has a lot of nuance in this because the reason why people turn to Nurgle, we'll get to this, is because they are looking for an escape from that cycle, much in the way they turn to mm, Nagash yeah. for, a, for a way to escape that cycle. But I think the rationale is quite different because in some respects, Nagash is about death eternal. Nurgle is not about death eternal. Nurgle is about the churn of life through death if that makes sense. Um, it does, yeah. And then in the 40k universe, we'll get and, and we can get more into what Nurgle is about. Uh, it's interesting because Nurgle arises when basically awakens when mankind is being plagued by lots and lots and lots of rampant uh, diseases and humanity has no way of, of, of fighting back against it and falls to despair and turns to other depravities to kind of fend off illness. And so that's around about, I would say, you know, is around about the Middle Ages. So we're talking medieval into, I guess, late early Renaissance era when you've got the Black Death is racing through uh, England, Europe, again in Venice and other places. And then also other, you could relate it to how uh the 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 colon you know the colonial powers brought disease to the new world and therefore it ran rampant through through the uh, indigenous peoples there and so all that pain and despair coalesces as humans being you know the the uh the, the have such psychic potential coalesces in the warp to create Nurgle. And really, the reason that has to be humans causing that is because orcs obviously don't give a damn and are a hardy mm-hmm. species that have no have no fear of death as well, remember. They have no fear of death and therefore have no fear of entities such as Nightbringer of the uh, Necrons. But also the Eldari are also blessed with longevity and vitality. So like disease to them is not a thing. So really, humans are are Nurgle's favorite children <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. because we're so so blighted by these things and so desperate to be free of them. So I guess we we'll talk about what mm-hmm. Nurgle is about. Uh, yeah, Mike, yeah, do you want to go? You want to dig into this? Sure, absolutely. So Nurgle is has many aspects, um, and the primary ones that we focus on in the Warhammer games usually is death, despair, rebirth. And, you know, through the cast of life, um, 
there's this a way to experience rot, disease, viruses, and mutation. So despite the uh, grotesque and uh, the despair of death, um, you know, you can have a strange life that's born out of the rotting remains. And Nurgle is considered um, pretty jolly as other gods go and revels in each new disease and profane life form. So you can see that has this, uh, you know, usually decay aspect. When you look at in Warhammer 40,000, say the Death Guard who, and the, uh, the Plague Marines who are kind of just these rotting corpses shuffling along in the uh the battlefields um and also we'll get into some of the uh cults as well and say warhammer uh the old world and also uh soulbound as well and despite nurgle uh reveling in decay and rot really all life is cherished by nurgle because these are all vessels for that cycle that we mentioned of life and death and that's what this god is tied to and no matter their status um all beings die wither and rot and Nurgle is a, an equal opportunist seeking the decay of society. But we, we kind of focus right there on some of the negative aspects of Nurgle. But interestingly, he does have many positive aspects. We didn't really discuss this with Korn, but I think it's really interesting to talk about that with Nurgle. Because Nurgle also covers, in some ways, the domain of family and love. Um, there's a reason why players call him Papa Nurgle and in in the universe, in some of the settings, Grandfather Nurgle is sometimes used as his name. Because Nurgle represents not only uh, you know, being an ultimate equalizer with life and death, but also an egalitarian and almost supportive family until, of course, you die horribly. And I think that's one of the really interesting things. You know, We mentioned that he's jolly, and Nurgle seems to take a, a positive interest in many of his followers in a way that the, uh, the thirsting, laughing gods of corn and slanesh may not or the fickle zinch probably wouldn't either um at least no true true interest and support and you know compared to zinch um his usual enemy his opposite and the pantheon of chaos nurgle prefers his creations to grow and fester and rot and um you know uh life is uh is rampant for sure but uh, not compared to the unfettered mercurial change of Zinch, you know, the eternal flame that he is and what Zinch prefers. And of course, Zinch burning everything is not conducive to the fostering of new plagues. Another cool thing to bring up with uh, Nurgle is that, um, just like we mentioned with Korn last time, many of the old world gods may actually be narrow aspects of some of the chaos gods. Um, if we take a look, quick look at Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, it's... Uh, plausible that gods like uh, Shalia or Raya or Tal fall within Nurgle's domains. And intriguingly, and this is a bit different than uh, what you mentioned with 40k, those three gods are some of the oldest in the human pantheon. So I would actually counter that maybe Nurgle is even maybe the earliest god that might have existed in the uh, mm. Warhammer fantasy roleplay universe. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, Nurgle is a really, really curious, curious being within the setting because it's because there's that element of like Nurgle isn't just, a, I mean, you can, when you have that comparison to say Nagash or other death gods, Nurgle isn't about that finality. People are just scared of the finality that Nurgle's gifts. Lead you to, which is, which is where kind of I guess the um the hubris comes from because obviously 
Nurgle's ultimate gift, and we'll go on to this, is to release people from that, you know, cycle. Hmm. Which leads us really into talking about the, about the worshippers of Nurgle. So, as you can expect, the worshippers of Nurgle are afflicted with disease and illness. And ultimately, they, through the temptations that are put before them, uh, wish to see a way of becoming free from the pain of life, almost. F- you know, free from the pain of these diseases, free from, from them. So so these diseases, these plagues, these afflictions, these blights are gifts to them if they can endure them long enough to become so uh, faithful to Nurgle that then the final gift is the being freed from the pain of them. So that's really interesting because I guess philosophically, and this is why we get to why Nurgle is jolly and his followers can become can, could be portrayed as quite jolly folks um because they understand all things die and all things then are reborn in some way they kind of grasp onto that that gift of life and live it to to its fullest mm. yeah. which puts them very different to again if we compare to Nagash and 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 his followers and whether in Warhammer Fantasy or in, in Age of Sigmar, they are so desperate not to die. They want to be free of death completely. They want to not even... Ex- they want to be undead, whereas Nurgle, I think, is more about... is different about... You're not even going to die. Because if you think about it, the most bloated, corrupted uh, figures of, of Nurgle's followers never die. They're just walking, bloated, you know, slimy fleshy things but they haven't died yeah yeah well that's the interesting thing in all of the warhammer universes uh nurgle wants there to be life because ultimately being one of these primordial primeval chaos gods he needs to feed off of the uh the psyker and warp energy of living beings so he needs that to exist now in age of sigmar and also warhammer fantasy roleplay as well the Nagash and uh, the undead are really diametrically opposed to the, all mm. the chaos gods because they seek to have a world without life or just undeath. And that uh, is, is probably one of the worst um, uh, fates for the chaos gods because if I remember correctly, vampires, uh, well, vampires do have magic, so that's interesting. They can harness the winds of magic, but s- certainly skeletons, zombies, and the like, they don't have any any sort of influence on or worship of the uh, you know the gods around them and in the context of Warhammer 40,000 I guess the Necrons they probably don't have any sort of a, a psychic impact on the warp do they no 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 so, they, they, they were never a psychically uh, empowered yeah. race oh they... indeed that's right that's right because the uh, the war in heaven and all that was really predating the chaos gods wasn't it so yeah. You know that's a uh, that's an interesting thing to point out that a a galaxy uh, that's overtaken by the Necrons would be a, a it'd be terrible. terrible remember fate to the, uh, remember to what the, the Necrons because the Necrons' ultimate goal since yeah because obviously there's been a lot of retcons about the Catan and everything. Right. Um, the Necrons' ultimate goal is to reverse what ha- what they did to become Necrons. So they want to take over the galaxy and do all the relevant research and gain all the biomass, all the biomaterial that's required 
to mm-hmm. recreate their mortal bodies. Hence why Indeed. they also fucking hate the Tyranids, because the Tyranids are, yeah. are obviously competition. A, a competition on that front. But ultimately, yeah. the Chaos Gods would see that having having the all of the peoples of of the 40k universe, you know, galaxy turned into just mulch to create a race that is not even psychically active would mm. really fuck off the Chaos Gods. Yeah. And theoretically, they'd want to change the galaxy back to how it was before their yeah, downfall. They, they, they want to. They so. want to use the um the the Noctilith and the the pylons and and so forth uh, to to seal the warp away from the uh, material universe. Yeah. So ultimately, mm. that side tangent says Nurgle doesn't like the undead or no. you know anything like that, necromancers or necrons or anything like that. Um, and then also the interesting thing to say about with Nurgle then, Nurgle is also, I mean, Zinch is a great mastermind of, of playing games and, and, uh, and intrigue because obviously it's all about, you know, seeing fate and, and manipulating it. Whereas Nurgle, I think is very much less, not about manipulating fate, but it's almost like the inevitability of where things lead to. So is always about the long game. You know, things mm. ultimately rot, things fall apart, everything dies, and everything's reborn. So even within society of the cults, those worshippers are going to be playing that long game. You know, <clears throat> tainting, you know, planting the seeds to taint food stock. It may even just be giving out the few seeds which are which are corrupted to farmers, which grow putrid, cor- uh, pu- you know, pre- putrid um, harvests of like pumpkins and or yeah. or tainting the water and and so forth. And of course, that's and of course, obviously, if we want to get really horrible, there are plenty of Ill- illnesses and diseases, uh, especially in the Warhammer in the you know in reality and also in these fantasy settings, which are not so visible and you could almost say are the diseases of the upper classes so again you can see how they can taint even high society who then because they've been afflicted become so desperate to be to to be free of those diseases or at least free of the pain of those diseases turn to nurgle Mm. yeah there's a good uh uh character like that in the matthias thulman witch hunter books yeah, very mm. similar. Um, what else can we say about Nurgle? Um, while Nurgle mostly we don't consider to be a war god, um, sees the benefit of how conflicts and war are essentially crucibles for you know illness and viruses to to spread. Um, you, know, you only have to look at the real world with like you know the Spanish flu. Uh, an event right. like that for Nurgle is is perfect. Um, and we will get some of that kind of feeling with uh, Dark Tide when that comes out, because from what we know from the videos is that the the uh, the the Mobian Sixth, I think that's the name of the Imperial Guard Regiment in that game, have gone off and fought some war and come back, and they're tainted by chaos. They're tainted by Nurgle. So mm-hmm. there's a whole thing there. Um, that game's going to be great when it comes out because it's going to be wall to wall Nurgle cultists and yeah, and, cool. and monstrosities. Um, 
and uh, and then I guess again come, coming back to like Nurgle and life and family viruses of you know illnesses and 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 viruses and afflictions like that are very good for sifting the the weak from the the, the strong because you've got that kind of um, Darwinian kind of element to it. So is Nurgle the great Darwinian equalizer? That's uh, a terrifying thought to think about. Yeah. Is yeah. Nurgle is Nurgle is Nurgle a good person? I don't know. We can't say Nurgle's a good person, but still, no. um, I I think we can pretty much say no. No, but interesting, rough, interesting individual, interesting, uh, interesting cults as well. Yeah. Uh, any particular cults that you are that, or anything within uh, that has stood out? Yeah, yeah. Um, so. One that's always stood out to me, of course. I think this is my first one that I really, you know, saw uh, was the Carnival of Chaos in Mordheim. Of course, yeah, yeah, and that was an interesting one um, because usually they focus so much on like the disease and like the, uh, you know, the the horrible, evil, uh, you know, demons and all that kind of stuff. But the Carnival of Chaos is just a a joyous carnival that rolls into town. All the townsfolk show up and they're all excited. Um, and they walk away from the carnival after having a grand old time with some sort of a vile gift. And mm. this is usually some sort of a disease or uh, anything like that, which they then go and spread throughout their community. And there's a really cool, um, there's actually a comic book, and that's or I think the, uh, the story originated from. And then that turned into miniatures that you could play in more time, which was pretty neat. Um, they were really good miniatures as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It had the little the little stagecoach that you could uh, yeah. bring around the battlefield and stuff. Awesome. And the awesome um stuff. the uh the plague bearer that had the doing the kind of Hamlet kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> like yep. look was just amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they had a lot of fun with those kinds of like fanatic and uh and specialist game stuff back in the day, and still do. Um, uh, other stuff, you know, of course, Warhammer Forty Thousand, the uh the the standard bearers of the uh, of nurgle are of course the death guard um that being one of the original legions that fought in the horus heresy and turned to nurgle and were totally infested um i believe i could be wrong about this but i believe the story was that they got trapped in the warp and the Purposely. death guard were gonna die uh, yeah and, uh, so made a pact Ty- with nurgle to survive so typhus or typhon at the time yeah. He already was corrupted to chaos and so like even further so made that kind of pact and trapped the ship the the fleet in the warp and so they were um afflicted by Nurgle's gifts and not out of choice really Mortarian mm-hmm. like cuz the legion had already always been uh on a world that had been had like diseases and plagues and so they saw it as a as a sign of strength that they could withstand such things. So again, it's that hubris right. of they thought they could withstand everything. And then Nurgle's like, ah, wait, you haven't seen anything yet. And, uh, you know, just ravaged the entire um, fleet and legion with the disease. And of course, you know, not everyone, you know, there are some notable uh, death guard uh, uh, warriors who, who escaped that fate because they stayed mm-hmm. loyal to the emperor and, basically formed the foundation of the um of uh let me think either the the gray knights or they formed the foundation of the uh, of the death watch i think Gar- garo uh no garo was the uh he started the inquisition 
oh, so with a sister of silence and some other some other guy um i've never i've never finished yeah i've never finished those stories because there's a bunch of audiobooks and stuff that you have to get for the horus heresy and i haven't gotten to that yet but garo's a pretty good character i'll uh i'll I'll mention him later um we should also say that not all plague marines are death god because obviously other marines can be corrupted to nurgle and become mm -hmm. plague marines eventually Correct, correct, definitely, definitely. And then I don't know too much about them, but Chris, do you know much about the maggot kin for Age of Sigmar? Because they Not seem to have really. some really cool. Um, they're yeah, because we've got those like those big kind of bloated chaos warriors, haven't we? And they've got some really right, strange yeah. uh, mutations. I haven't really read up on them much. That's that's a good point. Maybe we'll return to that when we do do some do some more at some point. What obviously yeah. has interested me in age of sigma is uh the fact that because i recently got I still yet to put any of it together and paint it so busy um is the new war cry starter set and that has the one of the war bands in that is the rotmire creed and they're quite a curious um group uh so the rotmire creed started off as a group of alchemists in the city of Excelsis in Gairan and they were seeking to try and learn how to prevent all diseases but of course in the hubris they and Nurgle you know saw they were open to um to corruption there this order known as the purifiers originally started performing some really awful experiments and eventually were corrupted and in this in their quest for the filter of immortality. So they then had to flee and were chased to the Rotmire swamps, which are north of the Narwood. And there they now make, they continue their alchemy, trying to search for this ultimate immortality. But they make like these large, like um, effigies, these totems. So they make these totems, these f- fleshy totems. They put rotting flesh onto them. So, and then kind of sculpt them to look like their Lord Leech. So this big kind of, I guess, tubular kind of totem with horns, two horns at the end of it. So it looks kind of leech-like. And around the bottom base of this totem is a basin in which all the, the putrid, decaying fluids gather and they kind of perform their alchemy in. Um, yeah, they're fucking awful. The miniatures are great, but they're gross. They're really gross. Mm. Um, there are other names uh, for Nurgle within Age of Sigmar. He's known as the King of All Flies, Mother Mort, Neeglin, or Ongal, or Rusty, the, the Rusting Patriarch. So, again, the thing that Warcry's done quite well, and I think Age of Sigmar's doing quite well, is showing us how across the mortal realms the Chaos Gods are venerated in in various different aspects uh yeah yeah definitely definitely i do remember that uh, in realms of chaos which is a pretty old warhammer book there was a, a little side note that uh, hinted that some healers in the warhammer fantasy old world will actually pray to nurgle to assist in the healing sometimes you know if it's really desperate and they can't heal them sometimes they do that which i thought was an interesting oh, that's, uh, a, that's a bit note. of a that's a bit of a, a a Faustian kind of deal going on. Indeed. You know, yep. Nurgle help goes, oh, I'll help you with that one at no cost. Help you with that one, no cost. Help you with that one, no cost. And then it's like, oh, you want me to help with this one? Right. Well, now, mm. you know, yep. Yep. The, the accounts have to be balanced. And you're, you're, the price is you are going to unleash 
disease on everyone. Or perhaps all those people that that priest of Charles or whoever has healed, there's a a slow burn disease in those um in those uh in those those I say victims, but they would have been patients at the time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, that's actually a good plot for Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. You know, there's an outbreak in a uh, in a in a town of one of those like like Scarlet Fever is one of those other Warhammer uh, uh, the diseases. bloody flux. <laughs> the bl- yeah, exactly, exactly. And there's only one healer there, and they seem to be able to heal, and they're desperately desperately doing that. You know, maybe a devotee to uh, Shalia or someone else. And you know, of course, the adventurers get there, and they eventually find out that the one who caused the entire epidemic was the uh the healer himself so that could be a very interesting little mystery to uh to unravel and then of course you have to figure out what you're going to do with them because they are healing they are the only person in town the only person within a hundred leagues who can uh who can save the uh, people but they clearly have made a pact with the the dark and thirsting gods the other thing we can definitely say is that um, the uh, I mean we didn't really cover this in the with the Skaven, but for certain Skaven have an affinity to Nurgle, and mm-hmm. um, which clan is it? Clan Pestilent will definitely yep. be. And this gets us this gets us to a side thing, and we'll come back to this when we talk about other Chaos God entities. But clearly. Um, the great the the great horned rat has aspects of all the chaos gods to a certain extent or at least some of them and there's a good dose of nurgle in there for certain yep right yeah. uh do we want to cover role players nurgle or should we just cover quickly the demons of nurgle because that's also uh, a fun thing uh well i think the one point i want to get across for role playing okay. the followers of nurgle is that uh, don't just make it about disease. Look at some of those other aspects and kind of play with that because I think it's going to be more interesting. And if you're a, uh, a storyteller, dungeon master, game master, whatever, um, that's going to throw your players off a little bit. Um, you know, what if the uh, the Nurgle cult is something more like multi-level marketing or something like that? You know, <laughs> this is a group that you can join and as you get higher and higher up and get to the top, well, that's when you start getting Papa Nurgle's gifts. Um, and of course... In those kinds of things, you always, you never want to talk about anything negative. You always want to be positive, say everything's great. I love being up here at the top. Everything's good. But then deep down, there's festering boils, other things, or maybe some oh. other kind of a pact. I just thought of a really good one that goes back to the Carnival of Chaos. Because Carnival of Chaos get away with what they're doing. Because <clears throat> when they arrive at a, a town village and they do their fair, their festival, their performance... There's mm-hmm. a glamour, so you can't see what they truly are. So a mm-hmm. cult like that within high society that is that's leading like grand balls, carnivals, again, getting that kind oh, of yeah. like faux Venetian thing. And people yeah. want to be a part of this because it looks so good. And then once you're there and you're being depraved and you're eating the luxurious food or you're, you know getting your kicks with the uh, the lovely ladies and gentlemen who are there. But then in the end, you know, when the glamour's gone and you realise, you know, you've been eating rotting flesh and, you know, you've got, uh, you know, horrible tumorescent boils and things on your body from uh, and venereal diseases and things, it could get yeah, pretty yeah. gross. <laughs> That's a great idea. Mask of the Mask of the Red Death, but uh, yeah, basically, you know, yeah. but but with a very different ending. 
that could be very interesting yeah huh. uh, like also like harvest festivals gone wrong um also fits into this uh you can definitely see the rot setting into into the grain and of course we know that that's potentially the origin of why you know when you get these funguses that 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 are in the grain they they and people eat it um it can cause hallucinations or various oh, yeah, illnesses yeah yeah that would be really good in a nurgle kind of yeah that's a great uh, idea. story oh, oh. Yeah, actually, hmm, yeah, a visionary aspect in Urgot could be pretty interesting as well, using yeah. Urgot and other other kind of things. Oh, huh. that's a great idea. Also, what about mushrooms? Mushrooms grow on dead... Um, going back to a one of my favorite, because it's gross, um, episodes. It's like literally episode three of the Hannibal TV series, and there's a serial mm. killer that buries people, but he he puts them into like a coma, because I think they're they're diabetic, so he puts them into a diabetic coma, so they're still alive, buried, and grows upon them uh, mushrooms because he sees the beauty of that rebirth. Um, and mushrooms oh feel very, uh, you know, Nurgle. So that could be revolting again. Yeah, you get into that philosophy of, of death leading to life. Yeah. Probably should have put a content warning on this episode. Oh, there's always content warnings on uh, anything <laughs> with the cast always dark hammer. Always content warnings. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that would. Oh god, we need to play some more Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. I think we need to, or mm-hmm. someone else needs to run it. I need. To, I want to play. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um. But yeah, you're right. There's all of those things that we just said talked about. It means it's not just about the poisoning of the well, or you know, it's the oh look the chaos cultists are lepers or or the equivalent like that's mm-hmm. too that's too derivative and, and boring there you can really drill down into this uh into the the extremities almost of the philosophy of whether they're they're living life to its fullest or or they're nihilistic and they want to see society crumble because something should be reborn from it that might be better here's a great idea for another this could be Actually, this could be any of them. Age of Sigmar, 40k, Warmer Fantasy. Uh, the nobility are the ones that are basically extolling disease. They're the they're the Nurgle cultists. They're extolling diseases on the uh, population, and it's the basically the lepers of society who are the ones that finally realize and have to basically rise up because they used to be, mm. um, you know, maybe a bureaucrat or you know an actuary, an accountant working with some of them. We're working with the uh, the nobility. Others are just you know unfortunate individuals, but then they get cast out as basically lepers, if you will, and they are the ones that uh, can actually you know realize what's truly going on in this city. I think that could be a really good basis for an adventure too, or for a one shot certainly. All right, so let's go for that bonus round of Nurgle Demons. All right, this is gonna be Yay. rapid fire because you know we have uh, been going a little bit late here. So round one, let's talk about it. Nurglings. They're adorable little mischievous rotund demons. Got little arms, little legs, giant mouths, slobbering tongues. And um, these little guys, sometimes they become such big fans of a champion of Nurgle that they actually live inside his or hers gaping wounds. And uh, also, there's a, now a plushie you can buy from uh, from Games Workshop, so that's that's yeah. pretty fun. Nurglings, but yeah, oh, awesome, yeah, mischievous little creatures. You know, they they usually there's giant gaggles of them running around either the battlefield or maybe just scurrying around the city. Uh, another good idea, just just prankster nurglings in in your town. 
right? And then the rat catcher and the others have to uh, try to chase him down. Just, just reminds me, because there's a Warhammer Fantasy scenario from second edition, I think, called Sing for Your Supper. Go look go look for that. It's totally mm. about Nurgle. I'm not going to say anything perfect. more. Uh, it's great. Perfect, um, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh plague bearers as well. They're the rank and file demons. Uh they're infested with hideous diseases. Their swords are also infesting others when they slash them. They're not plague that interesting. Bearers... They look cool. Oh no, plague bearers are interesting really? how they how they get birthed into the universe. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know anything about this. All right, hit so me. So a person that is afflicted with uh with Nurgle's rot or whichever whichever particular disease of Nurgle. It drives them to such despair. It prepares their soul to be a gateway for a plague bearer to erupt through their body. Oh, oh, that's really. It's really fucking. That's gross. that's really Warhammer right there. Okay, right. I take it back. Plague bearers are pretty dope. Okay, next up, the beasts <laughs> of Nurgle. Okay, beasts of Nurgle are horrible, disgusting creatures. They're like legged slugs almost, and then they frolic across planets, oblivious to the destruction that they wreck. And their tails are always wagging, and then they like to run up to an individual and then slobber all over them with a horrible, plague-ridden, diseased, slimy tongue. Yeah. They're basically puppies. Evil, horrible puppies. And they're great. Uh, And then we, of course, have the great unclean one, who uh, looks like a giant Nurgling, but is actually you know, crafted in the image of Papa Nurgle himself. Um, and while this is a giant, horrific monster on the battlefield, what I think really sets the uh, Great Unclean One apart from other demons, other greater demons, is uh, actually their compassion, right? So these fiends laud the exploits of mortals and demons in their army and considers all of them to be their children. So it's a demon with an emotional side. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I was also going to mention um, of other interesting things uh the feculent <laughs> feculent uh Nalmor, which is basically it's is it a bit of terrain is it a monster but this is essentially a um and this relates to gyran uh, essentially it's trees that grow up and they you know spew uh you know, spore, demonic, belch clouds of demonic spores and shot, uh, shed rot, wed, uh, rot wet blossom to carpet the maggot-churned earth beneath their boughs. So they're just horrible demonic trees that grow around and, uh, yeah, nasty. They've got big moors in them, they eat people, uh, and, yeah, horrible, 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 horrible. Uh, I was just looking at the yeah. Games Workshop website of other horrible demons um there's the yeah i think we've covered all of the all of them i mean there's the there's the plague drains the big bugs yeah yeah there's some new ones that like the maggot can have and the um yeah. and the nurgle demons in uh, uh, uh warhammer forty thousand as well um i don't know those too well i just want to go for the classics right here but yeah, yeah. there's some other stuff you can check out now because they have been expanding it especially since demons of chaos have their own uh codex and already book now um and then let's do real quick some black library recommendations uh for horus heresy warhammer Thirty Thousand. i really like flay of the eisenstein actually some people don't like it that much um but it's kind of a cool story about uh, a bunch of death guard including garo trying to escape from the istvan 3 massacre to get information back to terra about what is going on the betrayal that has occurred and of course 
uh, there are some corrupted Death Guard on there that they have to deal with on their uh, their way back. So Garrow is the ultimate badass, isn't he? Uh, I, some people pretty... really don't like him. Some people, I I think he's pretty cool, but I've only read that one book. Um, but he's he's a goodie. He's a goodie. Um, and I I hear he goes on a lot of other pretty cool adventures later on. Um, I don't really know if there's any good 40k books about um death guard and the like uh i know like word bearers and black legion have gotten some pretty awesome awesome novels and uh coverage um you, you know i definitely check out uh realm of fire episodes because uh brendan's really into death guard and all that kind of stuff yeah. so i think he's mentioned some some of that kind of fiction in the past and then for um warhammer fantasy but this is also totally applicable to age of sigmar is the novel palace of the plague lord by cl verner um, this is another novel set in Norska and the Chaos Wastes, where a tribesman is manipulated by both Korn and Zinch into assaulting a fortress in Nurgle. And it's cool because it shows a lot of different aspects of chaos worship um, in, you know, different tribes up in Norsica, other than, you know, what you see with like cults in the Empire and the like. So I think it's pretty neat for that reason. And that's why it's so applicable to Age of Sigmar as well, because there's these, there's so much room in that setting to just put in like a tribe of humans that have turned to chaos and the like, or maybe beastmen as well. And yeah. that's what I got. Cool. Well, I think that's a good overview of Nurgle and how to really, if you're going to play um, people who for whatever reason have, or, or role play of the GM, you know, role play the servants of, of Nurgle uh, to get into the mindset of it and how it's quite different to say if you were a follower of like Nagash or the other Chaos Gods. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a, there's just a lot you can explore of it and and a lot of a lot of different plots that span different parts of society, whether it's the 40k universe or whether it's Warhammer or Age of Sigmar. I think there's there's lots to look at there. Um, yeah, a lot of mileage to get. And then yeah, it's just I think. Yeah, I don't know. Is it my favorite Chaos God? I mean, yeah, I used to have a, I used to have a Warhammer Fantasy Nurgle Chaos Warrior army. Really so, cool. Yeah, I painted up back in the day um, <clears throat> the Harbinger of Chaos, of Decay model, which you can right now go on Games Workshop as a on demand uh, one. Nice, yeah, it's the dude nice. on the the um, the necrotic steed with the big scythe. But I also uh, converted um, Nightbringer to be a a um, demon prince for my Chaos Army. Oh, cool, 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 cool. So just yeah, you just had to put enough green stuff to make him look like he's got a rotting cloak and you can't see his and a big hood and obviously had a scythe. So that was a dead easy conversion. But that was yeah, age, that's a good that one. was when I was working at Games Workshop. So that's like over like shit that's like 20 years ago yeah yeah <laughs> one thing i did back in the day um was i had this idea to have a beast of chaos nurgle army which nice. would second as my zombies for my vampire counts and i did build a bunch of those guys so I basically had the zombie units done but i never actually made the full beast of chaos army in that regard but it was am, uh it was a good idea at the time i'm always so close to wanting to collect a a pure kind of nurgle demon army because it's mm. just be too it's just looks like a lot of fun to paint it's just like oh, yeah. blast it white and then you know some shades some contrast paints yeah definitely paint a big, great unclean one it's a lot of fun and also horticulous slimux is a great model 
that's the dude on the slug mm-hmm. on the snail sorry which is just oh cool cool all pure comical fun um yeah. yeah i think it's interesting with nurgle that you know a lot of people go for that kind of um kind of greenish color as as like the oh, overall scheme of the good. army but you can you can really good, experiment yeah. you could have like kind of a kind of a black and blue kind of bruised color if you want to give them that and you can experiment definitely and go for other things a rash color and, of red and the other great thing is um the other cool thing which is is that that's surely out to pre-order isn't it is, as we said is um for kill team uh and they're back is the uh is the is the galapox um who mm-hmm. Are just bizarre, bizarre models, and I really hope, I really hope there's some good tie-in models to Dark Tide that come out, so we get to see some uh, uh, heretic, you know, traitor guard, but obviously uh, Nurgle tainted rather than the traitor guard that we've seen from Kill Team so far and from um, Blackstone Fortress. Yeah, there's loads of cool stuff going on. Yeah, Dark Tide's going to be wall to wall, you know, Nurgle, and there's going to be a lot of fun from that. So. Yeah, I think that's the episode done. Um, next time, do we want to cover Slanesh or do we want to cover... No, let's cover Zinch. I think Slanesh, we need to kind of like really ease ourselves into on that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I think um, that's fine. And because Zinch is usually considered one to be one of the older Chaos yeah. Gods, I think that's fine. Zinch, uh, uh, Slanesh is the, the new kid on the block, comparatively. Yeah. So yeah, we'll cover Zinch next time. Uh, look at that uh, glorious bastard and... Um, and yeah if you've been listening to this uh go back and listen to the other episodes of dark hammer there are plenty there covering all various different topics of the warhammer fantasy or sorry warhammer rpgs uh listen to uh railway fire for stuff about more wargaming i'm sure we will talk more once i'm back actually playing some games and uh and i've got my car and I've passed my driving test so I can go down to Warhammer World and play some games there. Um, <laughs> that is the plan. That is the dream. Um, and, you know, we have, and then obviously, if you're interested in freelancing and getting into writing of RPGs, uh, Crystal has been putting out episodes for her series of that yeah. on Dark Days Radio. Um, so there's some yeah, fantastic advice there. Um, I need to catch up on them. Uh, so there's lots and lots of good content coming out from us and i think we're all itching to run do some streamed rpgs at some point it's just getting everyone prepared i think um when you're getting kitchens ripped out or you're moving house or or other things we're just too busy aren't we we're all too busy um but we'll be back soon yeah with more Dark Days Radio and Dark Hammer and uh, and soon soon is on the horizon it will be coming soon, will be Dark Iron so uh, when we have more plans for that we will uh, get back to you on that front as well so uh, thanks again Mike for adding notes to this and adding your perspective yeah. and joy about Nurgle um, of course and we'll speak to you all again soon so goodbye for now Yeah, take it easy, have a good night